Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. All right. Another good night tonight. Yeah. A, uh, a lot of movement today, a lot of rocking and rolling. Yes. Uh, did you did you feel that earthquake today this afternoon? Oh my goodness, yes! It was uh, it was 5.03 on the Richter scale. It was centered in East San Jose, in a little place called Seven Trees. That's over by Hamilton. It's on that road yeah. going up to Hamilton Observatory. And I was I was a gr- in a group of mighty prayer warriors, and we were praying for the election. We were praying for California to wake up. And we had just finished praying, Lord, shake this state awake and shake the people awake. Help them to make wise choices and good decisions. Shake the voters awake to get out and vote. Shake the church awake. We just finished our prayer. It said amen. And I'll tell you, it wasn't five seconds. <laughs> really? And the room started rolling. It was a long one, too. It was yeah, like 30 it was. seconds. It was. And it, it was gentle enough, but at 5.03. Wow. Oh, a lot of shaking. Well, that yes. was good. I'm, uh, you know, that's, that's encouraging to hear. So I yeah. think uh, the man upstairs heard that. Oh, he yeah. He's got there. his eye on the game. He is not missing one little play. Yes. So. And now we have to keep the eye on the game as well. So that's what we're going to do tonight. So it's Wake the Bear, the Bears California. We are going to work on waking up uh, all of us, the church included, on what's going on so we can just focus our prayers and our actions. Uh, There's, you know, there's two steps to it, a prayer and action. And uh, we need to do that. So anyway, there's no shortage of things going on. So uh, let's look at uh, what's been happening over the week. Uh, What do you want to start with? There's so many things. I... I think, uh, you know, we got a list here that we kind of put together right before the show. Yeah, we did. I I think, uh, you know, just a little bit on on Prop 1 because that is something that's coming up. And if you look at the the key... uh, the, the key things that you want to focus on, if you, you had two issues, one issue is uh, the most important, I think, is Proposition 1 on there because it changes our Constitution. And then candidate-wise, obviously, who you, you vote for for governor. And uh, so uh, it was an interesting week because um, there were quite a few Catholic churches who took a very strong stand and actually played some some live streams uh, from uh, their archbishops in their local area, different ones I noticed on YouTube, and they they took a stand on Proposition 1, and I was so proud of them for doing that. You know, they didn't hum and haw around and pretend that it wasn't a a very essential issue. Uh, They stood up and they made they just made some really good points on uh, told their cons- their their congregations to go out and vote no on Proposition One, uh, which is of course the Constitution of California trying to change and put um, the the right for full term abortion uh, in the Constitution as what under the the guise of reproductive freedom. So the the language that's used is just really um, deceptive. Yeah, it's always been an art of words. You know, even when abortion had first come out, it was uh, infanticide and they had that change to abortion. Well, before that, abortion was if you had something wrong with the body and it was rejecting and it would abort the fetus. Mm -hmm. But going in and doing a surgical procedure to rip that fetus out, they started to put that under that same name, but it wasn't always that. So interesting, but yeah, Prop One, uh, good for them. I'm glad they made that stand uh, collectively and uh, did that. Now, does that have anything to do with the crazy billboards that are in other states (laughs) where he's inviting (laughs) women all over he, as in the governor, he's on these billboards saying, you know, come to California if you want, you know. Well, I was in Oklahoma last week. I was out of state and, uh, yeah, I had to make a, um, a plea to, uh, to the people that I was visiting, uh, to the Oklahomans, and to let them know, you know, not all Californians are, are doing, um, are inviting the rest of the nation to California to finance their, their abortion 
by making it a sanctuary state. But uh, that um, the Prop One uh, it's really interesting because uh, the the billboards across the nation they targeted six red conservative states, and and it was uh, done with Newsom's money for his gubernatorial. Uh, candidacy. So he spent that money with, with billboards and uh, it basically said, uh, come to California. And, um, and then it, they use quite often uh, uh, the Bible verse, um, the most important yeah. commandment is love, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And so that, that just was a obvious um, perversion of scripture and uh, to be to to liken allowing someone to have an abortion as loving their neighbor and financing it and inviting them in uh, was just a total perversion so um, that, the, yeah. <laughs> he has a reputation and uh, I don't know if you know Dolly and um, Newsom actually had a they had a uh, debate on Sunday. Uh, you, you might not have seen it because I believe it was during the 49er game. Yeah. And so the, the slot was a little bit in uh, competition, but um, I was actually flying back to California. And so I was able to watch it uh, after the fact. And it was uh, an hour long. It was, um, it was put on uh, the San Francisco I think it was KQED public television, and uh, it was uh, pretty volatile. Uh, I, I got a little tense during it. They went through about seven or eight uh, facts, rapid fire. They only had an hour. Uh, I thought that Dolly and Newsom, they were sitting very close to each other. So they were like right next to, at a two-person table. Uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. Wow. So, and it was, um, it's, the only, uh, it's the only debate they're going to be doing. Uh, and it was live, obviously. And uh, I thought it was fairly well moderated, although the questions were pretty inflammatory as, um, as they were given. Um, they were trying to get some rise out of Dolly. Um, so there was some, it seemed like the, the, the liberal station was uh, driving some of the agenda, but they did allow Dolly to, to speak his mind. And I think that Newsom's true colors came out. Yeah, a little aggressive. I know that he, uh, you know, the understanding of pro-life is different. He says, "I'm," he says, "I," uh, he says, "You're pro-government mandated uh, birth." <laughs> That's what he is saying. Uh, pro-life is. Um, yeah, the know, government. It's, yeah, it's, government mandated birth. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just. Uh, it, yeah, it was disappointing to see uh, the governor uh, the way he is, and but you know leopard in their spots, I guess. Well, it gave me a feel of what the legislation in the Senate must experience every day um, as they're trying to get the conservative ones, trying to get through all the quagmire of the legislation and know that, that they are up against, uh, I think it's um, it's been I want to say 30 years that um, that the Dems have had uh, a majority in the legislation, and so there it's been a long, long time um, so some of what we see that has transpired in our government and what we're living through right now is really a long we haven't had the supermajority for for thirty years, but uh, we've had a supermajority for long enough to realize that you know, there's so much money that's been thrown at problems, so many opportunities to uh, solve things. And uh, although the, the rhetoric is there and the language of we're, we're coming up with solutions, when you walk down the street and you go to the gas pump and you go to the grocery store and you, you see the homeless situation. Homeless encampment, yeah. And they seem to be on top of how much money is being spent on them and they're saying, we don't see it anywhere. Yeah. You know, I get to see them weekly. Yeah. And I get to talk mm, with them. And, and right. they know that the figures, like, oh, this amount just oh, got wow. released to, to help the homeless crisis. But we haven't seen any. It stays in that building up there on, you know, Water Street and stuff. So, I, uh, anyway, I hear that every week. And it's, uh, I don't know where the money is going. Yeah, the homeless, um, basically, there were a few t takeaways from the um, from the debate. And one of them was that, you know, both both candidates 
I mean, everyone in the state agrees that there's a situation that's a problem. And the problem is not the people. I want to make no. that very clear. It's the, the uh, situations that got people into a place where they cannot but live on the streets. So um, the, the problem was uh, acknowledged by both sides. The solutions uh, really weren't um, given by uh, Newsom. He said he's going to call the local jurisdictions into accountability. He said, we gave them all the money they asked for and they haven't solved the problem. So he, he's basically put it back on the local jurisdictions of misspending. And he said, my solution is to have accountability for the money that the local jurisdictions who are supposed to solve the local homeless problem have. That was his solution. And then Dolly's problem uh, solution to the homeless was um, he really uh, tied it into first the economy. So he wanted to... to, um, to undergird the the uh, job situation and the economics you know help the the economy and the second was he very strongly tied he said that uh, there's a large percentage of the homeless that are addicted to fentanyl and that it really was a border crisis border problem crisis, yeah. and that uh, first we had to shut the border second we had to create um uh, um places that people could get off the drugs and then third um, really help with the mental health situations that have uh, driven uh, the the drug problem and uh, to provide the resources at a level that is uh, rigorous and to that people can access them and they can get into these programs quickly and they can stay in them until they're they're actually graduates of the program with some life skills and abilities yeah so hey if you like people on fentanyl and you want more then keep voting democrat okay because they refuse to build that wall we could have that wall built and really shut it down it's not hate it's protecting your country if you're a leader of a country, your job is to protect your country and not bring the whole world and try to solve the whole world at your expense. You know, you put your oxygen mask on first before you put it on your child's, you know. And so anyway, if you like fentanyl, then uh, stay Democrat. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go on to some other things. Uh, this week we had, well, speaking of border, uh, what about uh, sending, what, 4,700 troops from the, uh, what, uh, 101st Airborne Division over to Romania? on the border of Ukraine and threatening yeah. Russia, saying, if you even so much do anything to NATO land, then we are going to start fighting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned. Um, it, it just looks like things are progressing and um, it's, it's not as though we have an opportunity to speak into the situation. I feel like we're, we're watching a bad movie and uh, the the white knuckling and the the fingernail biting time is in front of us. Uh, I know we can we can ask our um, our uh, uh, people in Washington to that we can let them know we don't we don't want to engage in a war. We don't want to escalate. We want to de-escalate. But the truth is, um, what they're saying from the border is this is not a training deployment. This is a combat deployment. They're making it very clear. And that his troops, the troops that are there, uh, Brigadier General uh, John Lubas is there. And he is with the 101st Airborne Division. My, my uncle was that during World War II. He was a, an Airborne 101st. Mm. And uh, he said that uh, basically they're combat ready and his troops need to be ready to fight tonight if they were deployed. And it uh, depends how the situation escalates uh, across the border. So we know that um, formal war needs to have an act of Congress, doesn't it? But that you were talking about that there's a 48-hour um, uh, stipulation that uh, if something if we are aggressively attacked or there's a need to deploy troops that the president has the ability to do that yeah that's what I'd read years ago and, and you know you can correct me if I'm wrong but I believe that if you have an act of war on you that the president can instantly act and then it gets backed up quickly within 48 hours or so uh, with Congress to continue that declaration otherwise they have to pull back 
So uh, we'll see what happens, you know, and uh, keep that in prayer. That's about all we can do and talk to our representatives. I know that there were a number of Democrat representatives that drafted a letter to the Biden administration Mm -hmm. asking and urging him not to go down that. And then all of a sudden today or yesterday, they withdrew that letter. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if their handlers came along and said, oh, no, this is the direction we want to go or what but uh it's funny how or interesting how they pulled that letter yeah well my my concern i mean they're only six miles away from the ukrainian border and and you know our american troops our men and women in the armed forces our uh, daughters and sons uh, and uh, husbands and wives they are in there to serve the american people you know they are not supposed to be a nato peacekeeping um, unit uh, in the America. I mean, that's what NATO's for. Uh, that uh, they are the the United States military to serve American people, and so they're not Roman uh, legionnaires. You know, they're not mercenaries. They are not. Uh, I'm I'm concerned that they're in a foreign land, and their deployment will not be uh, in the best interest of the American people. Do you think it has anything to do with all the uh, backroom deals that, well, the Bidens amongst other uh, politicians, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry, um, you know, they all had children that worked in high energy positions. um, And it's supposed to be one of the most corrupt, if not the most corrupt country in Europe, you know, so there might be some other little personal interest, personal interest. (laughs) Could this be a distraction? Yeah. I mean, think about the things that are coming down. You know, you had the Durham last Tuesday, just when we were starting our show, we had just found out that John Durham's case was finished and the jury had uh, Igor Danchenko, uh, they, they declared him innocent uh, on all counts. And so a lot of people were taken back like, oh, well, that's a loss. But you know what? It's really not a loss because they're not the ones really on trial. Mm-hmm. So you get some Russian asset guy, he, they, what, they give him two years. Does that really do anything? We don't even know who this guy is. But who was really on, on trial there? The FBI, the DOJ, and they had an amazing amount of evidence that came out through those trials. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is even though we believe or we see John Durham appearing to lose these cases that seem to be ironclad, open, shut cases, really what's happening is he's building a case for Donald Trump. See, Donald Trump is going to mm-hmm. take them all to civil court, and he will sue the pants off of them. I mean, it could be in the trillion dollars, you know. I mean, think about it. It was the direction of a country, mm-hmm. you know, and the damage that was done and uh, just just the fraud. And so right now, all this stuff is being established in court as true, even though Danchenko and, and uh, Sussman were, were released but they're all still listed in the civil court. All of them, Hillary, Obama, Danchenko, you know, all of them, mm-hmm. none of the DOJ, FBI. And so this is slowly building that case. So when that case comes, he's gonna have everything established in court already, not even um, something that could be challenged. It's already been established. So anyway, that's how some people are looking at it. I'm choosing and hoping that is the direction um, that it's going. So we'll see. Yeah, it's a little out of our control, isn't it? You know, I, I just want to talk to the listeners for a minute about um, the amount of pressure and of tension and of possible disasters <laughs> that are looming on the horizon. Just know that there is a God that is over us. He loves us. He loves this country. Uh, and uh, just remember to pray. Um, take care of yourself. Stay in good health. You know, don't watch too much news. Get out there and stay in good daily rhythms. And uh, trust Him and talk to Him. He's a real God that that uh, wants to respond to the needs of your heart. And I just want to encourage our listeners to stay out of anxiety and depression, um, but to to be informed, but also know that uh, this isn't the end of the story. We don't know what chapter we're in, but we've got a God who's, who is uh, watching over us and our prayer actually does change things. Absolutely. Just like Israel, you know, when they were in Egypt, the, the land of Goshen, you know, you had all these plagues coming, but the land of Goshen seemed to be spared from all that where the Israelites were. So, you know, our God is uh, capable of taking care of us, but we have to, we have to, by faith, uh, believe that he will and, and petition him and, and ask, and, and he'll, he'll be there for us. So, 
you know, it, it may look dark, but it, it actually is the best thing if you think about it. Because there are a lot of people that are unwilling to change, change their views, change their points until they are on the precipice of destruction. And only then will they be even willing yeah. to consider a change. You know, I'm a lifelong supporter of this. And all of a sudden they see where that direction goes and going, oh man, mm -hmm. this is tearing everybody apart. You know, and, and so, I mean, you even see that with, uh, what was it, the, the whole trans thing. You know, uh, Joe Biden uh, interviewed a trans, uh, or a trans woman interviewed uh, Joe Biden. And I have a clip on that, actually. I thought it was really interesting because um, it just, people are really taken back by what, what uh, Joe Biden said. Let me see if I can find it. Here we go. Um, Hopefully it doesn't go to an advertisement, but I'm going <laughs> to play that. I did that last week. <laughs> and it's looking like, yeah. Yeah, Twitter readers were shocked in this interview, I know, that of what Joe Biden said. Yeah, and so Joe Biden was, was basically saying, hey, I, I want it uh, free for everybody. Um, you know, I think the bathrooms, all that stuff. And so... Yeah, he was talking about transgender surgery and the use of public b bathrooms based on your identification of gender. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And so, yeah, it doesn't look like it's um, going to come up. You know, that's the problem when you go to like MSNBC, even Fox News. They love to... Uh, here we go. As a moral question and as a legal question, I just think it's wrong. You know, I think I was saying before we started that my son, my deceased son, used to be the Attorney General of the State of Delaware. He passed the most, the broadest piece of legislation that he, as Attorney General, can, uh, was able to convince the legislature and the governor to sign that dealt with uh, all gender-affirming capability. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you sometimes they try to block you from being able to access certain medicines, being able to access certain procedures and so on. None of that should be available. I mean, uh, you know, no, no state should be able to do that in my view. So I feel very, very strongly that, uh, that you should have every single solitary right, including, including use of your gender identity bathrooms in public. So, yeah, it's a little hard to follow him there. He's kind of, you know, going a little bit there. But he's basically talked about gender reassignment mm -hmm. and the gender bathrooms, um, you know. And so, and he was being interviewed by a um, trans woman, which is, for those that still don't remember, that's a man who's acting like a woman. So, and so, and then they had, uh, what, that, that, uh, that makeup company. Uh, was it the Ultra, Ultra... Ultra Beauty, that. Ultra Beauty hosts an interview with transgender, gender fluid uh, men discussing motherhood and girlhood. So they wanted to interview, and they they had this the show on what it's like to be a woman and motherhood, and all of all the people of all the millions of women there are in the country, they interview this man posing as a woman. And so I guess a lot of women were upset saying, well, why would you have this man represent uh, women uh, telling people what it's like to be, to be a mother, uh, to be a mother. Yes. And, and they were, they weren't talking about trans mother. They were talking about, how, you know, what's it like to be a mother as if you were a legit mother. Um, it just really, um, it, it broke the internet. You know, a lot of people were really upset. And so a lot of them quit their account with uh, ultra beauty, mm. but it's just like, it's bizarre. It's like, crazy, you know, cray-cray yeah. town or something. Well, when you bring in those subjects that, um, that are obvious to a three-year-old and you try to twist it, you know, it's, it's like you, you, you go out, I was a farm girl, you go out into a, <laughs> you go out into the pasture and try and milk the, the bull and find out what happens, you know, it's, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to work. You know, a three-year-old knows the boys and the girls and, uh, it's it's a whole different ball game when you are trying to get people to agree with insanity. Uh, I'm, it's and, and to demand that you are called by certain pronouns when everybody is quite quite uh, understands what is real. But it is a a mind game, isn't it? That. Um, if you say something long enough, you can maybe get people to start repeating it. Yeah, yeah.
it's the power of persuasion. You know, if you hear something enough, you, you do start to, your mind starts to get programmed in that. And you've noticed that in certain areas. I mean, California, as liberal as it appears to be, you think about it, it's the hub of Hollywood. Hollywood is the dispenser of information. You know, New York is also the other one, uh, also with the finances. And so there's a lot of influence from those. So when you, everyone has a TV in their house, right? And if the Hollywood is the center of dispensing of, of movies and, and things like that, you slowly get programmed. And, and no one wants to admit it. Oh, I'm not programmable. You know, no way. I'm a free thinker. But really, we all are. We're reactionary beings. I don't even know if we have an original thought. I think uh, almost every thought we have is a reaction from our past and what is being we're being exposed to. That's why we have to guard our minds. That's why it says that we're sort of to wash our our minds our, our minds with the word word of God. That's how you wash your brain and cleanse your brain from things and your thinking. You know, don't be transformed to the what is it to the patterns of the world, or don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and that's what you that's what we do. You know, we we read God's word because that continually cleanses. Yeah, the, the creator knows how our design is and he wants us to work as designed and that's a beautiful and uh, fearfully and wonderfully made we are. I, I wanted to, to talk about um, the real, uh, there's a movie out right now, a free, free movie uh, from uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the real Anthony Fauci. You know, he wrote a bestseller. It was on the New York bestseller list for quite a few weeks. 17. And now it's a full-length feature documentary, and it's free for the next few days. Yeah, yeah, I think from the 18th to the 27th, something like that. And it's actually at the Grange Hall on, in Aptos right now. It's being played, uh, they start at 6.45 and they end at 9.00. Um, the meeting, but uh, it was like five bucks. So there, there's already a group of people watching it on a bigger screen, but you can watch it for free. And it's the real Anthony Fauci. Uh, yeah, I would encourage you to, well, you know what? I don't even know if you can find it on the search engines. Uh, seems like you... We'll put hard, it on our show notes. But we will put it on our show notes. Yes, and, and it, there. there'll be a, uh, a link that you can go on and it's, uh, it's free access and it's uh, in two parts. It, the the film um, it's it uh, it goes into Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the global war on uh, public health, and how it's been played with the the government. And it's really well done. the The producers Jeff Hayes and. Uh, he's not a big name producer. Some of the bigger name producers that originally wanted to do it, after they got into it, uh, they were afraid to put their name on it. And so they pulled out of it. And uh, Jeff Hayes came in and um, I've watched half of it. So the, the half I watched was fabulous and it was exciting. It was rather infuriating and then uh, concerning, obviously, but it examines the relationship between the big pharma and um, the, the news media and the whole COVID policies, how they came in. But then they go into um, Fauci's history in Africa mm -hmm. and some of the other things with the AIDS. AIDS. And so it really it shows some of the, the trends that he had and he continued to have uh, with COVID-19 and it, it went into the um, the war games that they played uh, before it was, um, was it, it wasn't Agenda 2019, but it was um, the, the world um, disaster that they played out right before COVID hit that was strangely exactly like COVID yeah. being escaped from from a Wuhan lab even, uh, the details were stunningly similar. So um, I just, uh, Kennedy is an amazing man. He is, uh, I think he's humble, he's fiery at the same time. And uh, he's made some changes in how he has thought. He had a lot of trust in pharma and in um, in the NIH, and as he watched uh, the playing out of COVID-19 and how it was managed by our government, he became aware of what Fauci was doing. 
and he said, I had no idea of his history and the damage that he had done and the power base that he built during the AIDS crisis and how much he hurt people all over the world as he really assembled his power base during that period. And then he, he went into uh, how he had to reform his thinking and realize um, that there was, there was a very evil agenda at play. So he's a great example of someone, uh, I mean, he's a diehard Democrat with a heart for people and just a very smart, smart man. He's an advocate for, for children and the, the issues of children. He's an attorney and he has given his life to um, exposing the darkness in the pharmaceutical industry and, and in go- government policies that are not pro-children. Yeah, I think uh, Peter, Mac- Dr. Peter McCullough is in that and mm-hmm. uh, Tim Penny mm-hmm. um, as well, Dr. Tim Penny. And so there's some big names in there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think they may even cover just how it, you're getting more adverse reactions by getting the shot than not now. You know, and it's proving out. I know when I listen to uh, And We Know, uh, it's called andwenow.com. And that one, uh, every, you know, he makes a, a video almost every day about world events. That's where I get a lot of my news. But he always has this little section of people dropping dead on the camera. <laughs> and or, or they boast about, I got the vax, you know, and it shows their picture on Facebook. And then like, you know, 10 days later, a funeral, you know, hey, we, we, we're sad to say, but so-and-so suddenly died uh, of a heart attack. And he was only, you know, 28 or something like that. And, it, you know, it's sobering to, to hear that yeah. day after day. I, they go through like real quick, like 10, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, you know, this is really odd. And, and uh, I saw the, the trailer for this movie that you're talking about, uh, so I am going to see it. And they, they talked about, uh, I think, a 1,000% raise in one country, you know, of, of, of uh, untimely deaths. Untimely deaths. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Instead of SID, sudden infant death syndrome, we have a sudden adult uh, death syndrome that somehow is unexplainable, although it started happening right after the COVID-19 uh, vaccine was released. Yeah. And people are waking up, though. I mean, uh, even the resident Biden got his fake shot today, um, you know, probably saline. And he said, yeah. not enough people are getting their shot. You need Everyone needs to do their part. So even they are admitting that, hey, people are not falling for this anymore. And I know I know some people personally that had the first shot and they're like, that's it. No, no boosters. We're not you know, fool me once, shame on me, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, he was having that shot because there's a new campaign going out across the nation called Vax Up America. Doesn't that sound um, like you want to run right out and get your, your next booster? And so he, the CDC actually is uh, recommending, you know, they, they made the recommendation at the immunization immunization scheduled for the school children and so they're making it more available and so biden was he was urging americans today he said all americans need to get an updated covid19 vaccine and uh, make sure you plead with your congress person to continue funding the vaccines and the covid treatments um, what was interesting is at the same time, there was released on Monday a new bivalent uh, booster study. It was, it was just, uh, I mean, today's Tuesday, so it was just released uh, yesterday as this, this whole Vax Up America tour is starting. It's a paper that was released that talked about the efficacy of the new boosters. And it was, um, it, it's all the scientific um, paper basically was it was published, and in the summary it says um, when when given the fourth dose, it's a bivalent mRNA vaccine that's it's targeting Omicron and the SARS COVID two strain. So it's like a two two boost. It's for both strains of COVID. Uh, the results of the the study show that it did not induce any superior neutralizing antibodies response in humans at the time period tested. And basically their conclusion was that uh, it is no better than the old booster in eliciting an antibody response. And it actually resulted in weaker responses to the new viruses. And so it, it was a total uh, the the new vaccine, this study, 
showed that having no human, um, they didn't have any positive human findings and the CDC, uh, they're kind of in an embarrassing situation because there's this study that came out and uh, the same day uh, Biden's getting the, his vax and he's, he's starting this uh, Vax America tour. Uh, so I, I just, it, it smells of um, somebody's trying to wake up America because it's such um, diametrically opposed views like go do this thing let's get the cdc on the immunization schedule and by the way these vaxes they have no no apparent efficacy you know putting it on the schedule it will allow pfizer to not be sued as well so that's one of the 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 reasons why they want to do that so uh, our advice is seriously don't take this don't take this at all don't let your children take it it's not worth it it is not worth it I know it may be inconvenient, especially if there's a, a battle with school, but believe me, it'll be one out in the courts, and you'll win big time if you just hold out. Hold out. It, it could be a big regret. So yeah, that's, that's just right. my personal opinion. You can do the research. There's plenty of it out there. Well, and our children are the ones that will pay the price, aren't they? There is a, there's a, um, an organization called Consent Action Network. Uh, informed consent. It's I-C-A-N. And uh, their attorney said that they are, pre- they are prepared if this, the states uh, require this, whatever states, they actually had 50 um, funds for 50, uh, the 50 states, that they will stand up and do a, um, a lawsuit against any states that are going to require the COVID-19 vaccine to attend school. And so there's this, uh, this uh, company, Informed Consent Action Network, I guess it's a, a group of people are putting forth the lawyers and the finances that are going up against the states uh, for, the, for the children, on behalf of the children. So that's, that's pending right now. And uh, we've seen San Diego, they, their school district was sued and they have had to put the vaccine uh, on hold, the requirement of vaccine for their school children. And so there is hope. I mean, these things are initiating things that are disturbing our heart. They're also initiating some lawsuits and they're getting some things settled and things are getting argued at least at the court level and discussed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we can take callers. Just uh, let you know we're at uh, 831-479-1080. 479-1080. I would welcome calls. Uh, if you have any questions or opinions, uh, free, to, free to call in. Um, I have another one. Uh, Hillary Clinton in total panic mode about the red wave coming. <laughs> oh, you know, now she's talking about right. Well, let me just play it here. I'm here to highlight something that (laughs) is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures. Now, she's freaking out about that. But if you really think about it right now, it's state judges. And if you have an activist judge one way or the other, it's one person. A legislator was um, voted by the people, represents the people. And so basically states do have the power. And so... What's happening is, is the GOP wants to put this, the power back to the states like it originally was mm-hmm. and not controlled by the feds. And we know Washington is, 
I mean, you can't even get a decent uh, jury in Washington, let alone, you know, and we saw that with the election of 2020, right? Oh, she's not a popular, she does not like the Electoral College. She would like to, that to go bye-bye. I mean, like she would go. love to to dissolve that, that process completely. So she is trying to push it into the... the um, federal government every instead of driving it down to the the state level where people actually have a voice i mean that's that's where you, you know you can go to your state capital or you can go to your local representatives that's that's what it's about um local representation uh and i mean washington it's like what's going on over there we have no ability to get in we couldn't even protest during january 6 without being called extremists and and that language that she used um she used white white i mean she used a, a color statement in her um uh, oh, did she? I didn't hear in that. her description um the uh, extremists yeah. uh, that right want to white winged extremists yeah. I mean that's that's pretty inflammatory I mean uh, that could be you uh, yeah apparently <laughs> you know, evidently anyone who voted for Donald Trump uh, would be considered a right wing and the idea was to steal extremists. elections and uh, yeah she's so, well I think what she's doing is she's preparing for what's happening this big red wave's coming mm -hmm. and they have to come up with some narrative I mean they're already starting to question the integrity of the election system now Democrats are and it's like well, wasn't that the best or safest, most secure election mm. we just had? And now all of a sudden, well, is it because there's a red wave coming and people are like done with them and they're going to lose so bad that they have to start coming up with something. So they have to start building this yeah. narrative that, hey, uh, it's going to be stolen. Yeah, and almost every argument against the white, red wave goes to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is not, he is not on any candidate tickets he is not part of this election he is endorsing people but uh and he's out there campaigning for people that always happens uh that the in, the outgoing president does that for parties but but it seems like everybody is trying to shift back to get if there's a if there's a subject matter of discussion that they don't want to answer they go to are you are you um a trump supporter that's what dolly and uh, Newsom, Newsom asked, you know, he, he said, he started talking about Trump and he, uh, Dolly said, you know, he's not on the ticket right now. Uh, so th that's not, that's a distraction. Let's talk about the issues that are at hand in California. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question too. If you think it's a bad thing, I think people, there are a lot of people that remember how Trump ran this country and and uh, it was a lot better gas was cheaper a lot more people working yeah. um, you know so I don't know yeah and if you listen to his his rallies he really has um, a, a high affection for this nation I think most of the bad press that he's gotten is exactly that it has uh, been agendized and then developing the Trump derangement syndrome uh, so that people trigger because of his personality. Yeah. And he has had some dark roads and difficult battles that he has fought on behalf of the American people. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, last week I had watched uh, Flashpoint. They had a Flashpoint Live at um, Phoenix, Arizona. That was a great, I would encourage people, we'll have the links on that. That was really encouraging. Uh, they had Sean Foyt. Um, who led uh, worship is like a concert, and then they had you know, Mario Morello, Dutch Sheets, and uh, Hank Kuhneman, and uh, Lance Wall. Now, you know, and it just was really encouraging just to see so many people. And I think even the president called in. Yeah, uh, President Trump had wow. called in uh, just to encourage. Uh, but it's neat to see the body of Christ. And you know, for those that that feel it's better to be neutral and not get involved in politics and stuff. You know, there's a way to get involved the correct way. You know, our, our war is not against flesh and blood. Uh, Democrats are not our enemy. People are not our enemy. It's the things behind there. And that's why we pray for things. That's why we vote. We don't burn things down. We don't beat people up in the streets. 
we pray and, and uh, you know, we're to be good to mm -hmm. our, I don't want to call them enemies, but when the Bible says, be kind to your enemies, you know, when you're, uh, I was just reading Proverbs 25 today. And it says, when your enemy is hungry, feed him. And when he's thirsty, give him something to drink. You know, yeah. and in doing this, it's like leaping coals, you know, hot coals on their head and God will reward you. Basically what he's, he's saying there is, you know, and I'm not even saying there are enemies, but you know, even to an enemy, you're supposed to be kind. That is the, the way that Jesus taught. And so that is the proper mm -hmm. way of doing things. And that's why MAGA generally goes out and they vote. You know, they didn't storm the Capitol to burn it down or anything like that. I mean, why would you have an insurrection and no one have a gun? They didn't find a single gun on a single person. You know, it's like if you were going to take over, you would be armed, right? Because you're going against armed police security. Doesn't make any sense. It's because they just wanted to voice. They wanted to work within the law mm -hmm. and you have a grievance. There was actually, you know, yeah. a lot of people think that that election was not stolen and they think they, they shouldn't have been there. However, it's starting to show that that was stolen. I mean, there's evidence over and over and over that more and more people are colluding to overthrow and it was a coup. And so what do people do? They speak up, you know, mm -hmm. so. Well, I think what you're talking about, Ron, is um, especially during this time when there are a lot of painful conclusions that uh, people who may have voted for the current administration of our state or our, our nation, they're seeing um, that there are some things that they thought were one way and they are another way. And we've all made um, mistakes in our lives and we've all um, gone down the wrong road that, is, that hasn't been something that we should have gone down or we, we were deceived or, or we were surprised. And I think what this um, talks about is that we need to make room for... Um, people to be able to, to shift their their opinion and make room at the table for those that uh, want to come alongside and make this this nation great again. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. Hey, we've got two callers. I think I'm, we're just going to take two because we only have like six minutes, if that. So I'll take the first one. Um, it is Hello? Richard. Richard, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I saw that... Uh debate the other night this young lady's talking about between Newsom and uh, Dolly mm -hmm. and uh, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing and I couldn't believe what was coming out of Mr. Dolly's mouth I mean he just kept saying the same thing over and over again with no uh, uh, solutions at all I mean he blames everything on Newsom which is all right but you know at least he could have said hey man how about about that 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 billion dollars that you lost over the uh, mask. Oh, you know, nobody says anything like that. It's just like Trump never comes to California. But yet everybody here seems to worship the guy. Well, he knows where to, he's efficient. He knows where to put his uh, best. I mean, if you still have a... a I think it's fear. I don't think he's got God in him at all. I think Donald Trump is scared to death, man. Oh, I don't think so. But okay, oh, I'm, I'm sure of it. I mean, it, the guy would at least come out here, and he never came out here even when he was in office. Well, he's strategic. The thing is, is he's 0 and 33, right? Or 33 and 0 when he endorses somebody. California could be a toss-up, you know. And so I think uh, I think that the Republicans overall are pretty much going to get their clocks clean, just like what happened at, during the election. And I'm sorry to say that because. I would really love to see a change in this uh, country, but Democrats outnumber the Republicans like two to one. It's pathetic. And, and they think everybody's going to stay home and not do anything this November. I think they're going to come and win like a tsunami now and next year for the, the general election. The well, big one for the presidency. Time will tell. Hey, Thank thanks you. for calling. All and right. uh, have a good one. Yeah, the the Dolly. I um, I thought he actually did a pretty good job, and uh, I think the problem was that that uh, Newsom throws money at everything and doesn't get any solutions, and that was his key point. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we have another caller. It's uh, it's Ernie Ernie from Monterey. You're live. Yeah, I tell you what, the Republicans got the right idea to get rid of the entitlements. 
We've got to reduce all this Social Security and Medicare. It's killing our country because those people don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. We've given all our money away. Entitlements are not right. And the Republicans are strong in saying anti-Social Security and anti-Medicare. It's the only way to go. Uh, what about those that are paid it, into it, Ernie? <laughs> I mean. Well, I'm sure you guys. I'm sure you guys will agree. I mean, I'm hoping that, to get my that, Social Security. <laughs> but no, but no, but that's what the point. That's what everybody's going at. Look at uh, Johnson from Wisconsin. That's his platform. Get rid of Medicare and Social Security. It's absolutely the right way to go. I thought you guys were with God and with the Republicans. Well, I'm, I am I don't know if I'd call myself a Republican. I'm a conservative, and, and I happen to vote mostly all Republican. Um, but I, I do take it, you know, person by person. I, I think, you know, when Social Security first started, it was like one out of 40 people. 40 people mm-hmm. were supporting one person. I think it's mm-hmm. like a handful of people, like four people supporting one person yeah. now. And, and it's, you know, it's just... That's horrible. Well, yeah, and if you're talking about revamping the system, that's, I agree, absolutely agree. Well, the whole system's um, correct. Yeah, I mean, and I entitlement. I agree. It's yeah. an entitlement. They're not, des- they don't deserve it. Yeah, we need to work for it, you know? That's, that's the thing. And that's why you see certain... The Republicans are right. We've got to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. Well, I appreciate your uh, your word on that, and I think we've got about a minute and a half, so we're going to close. Thank you, Ernie. Appreciate it. You have Praise a great the night. Lord, Jehoshaphat's court 20. Amen. Yeah, we agree. Yes. We agree. We are praising God. And I understand what he's saying there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so many entitlements. I mean, you start doing needle exchange. I mean, it, where do you stop, yes. right? You just start, and then all of a sudden, you, you lose the ability to, to want to work. You know, right. even when they had the African Americans, you know, in the fifties and stuff, they were they were moving up in in in, you know, in the industry and stuff like that. But as soon as that bill came out to give give uh, uh, social not social security uh, welfare and all that stuff, it killed the incentive yeah. to go to school. And they saw that in in actually in the data. And so that's what you do. And it, that's just anybody. It's, you know, I mean, look at COVID, right? Yeah. All those COVID checks. No one wanted to go back to work. It's like, why work? I got free money. Yeah, you know, it's that's the, right. Yeah. So that's right. We're about to get another incentive check, aren't we? <laughs> I guess. I don't even, I don't even pay attention. $1,050. That's what Newsom wants to send us before the election. Oh, so. funny. He wants to buy my vote. That's right. Don't fall for it. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for listening tonight, listeners. And we say God bless you, just like Ernie did. And praise the Lord and get out and vote. Yes. This has been Wake the Bear. AM 1340, KOMY, La Selva Beach, Watsonville, Santa Cruz. A service of ZBS.